Rugby League fans, welcome to the NRL Back 3 podcast. We just had round nine and what a weekend it was. Boys, how are you doing today? LJ? What a weekend of sport. If you did not catch the game between the Eels and Panthers, you are a Muppet and you have instantly been nominated for Muppet of the Week. It was a preview of what to expect in Magic Round as first versus second in the Panthers versus the Storm. So I'm excited for that. Sadly, we won't be there this year. We're pulling a Warriors, but I'll pass it all over to Squid, aka Mr. David Cops, lots of feels himself. Squid. <laughs> Boys, great weekend for the competition that we watch. Auckland Blues put up 70 <laughs> points on Melbourne, and they're quite happy at the top of the table. Man, I'm glad we do a Super Rugby podcast. <laughs> Absolutely, brother. And speaking of how good, how good were the Melbourne Storm over the weekend? They turned back the clock to what looks like last year's team and absolutely dominated. So everyone was out of control on the weekend. And that's saying a lot because even Nick Meany had an absolute pearler of a game. Seriously, what a team. It was actually about this time last year where I think LJ and I jumped on the bad wagon, and I honestly think it's time. The time has come. Maybe I am a Storm fan once again. That's a shame about old Pappy, but uh, one positive out of that was that it brought back LJ's boy, Chris fucking Lewis. Don't get him started. Do not get him started talking about him because he absolutely loves him. But uh, Squid, how was your weekend, brother? Oh, boys, Broncos versus Rabbitohs, like you say, kicked off a pearler of a weekend for Rugby League. And Reynolds getting one back on the old firm, called it last week, said that the old dog was going to teach the young fella some new tricks. And it looks like that the Broncos may not be here just to make up some numbers and actually want to make that top eight and play some finals football for the first time in about 16 years. So keep an eye on this space. LJ. Interesting. I did find them as a numbers maker. Um, but for me, I'm actually flipping it up on how bad. Now, for me, there was an absolute mare in the weekend. So I've been talking about that Panthers-Eels game, and there was a blatant missed call just before halftime. Now, they have a ref. They have two touchies and a fucking bunker. Kikau runs and hits a hole, and as he's about to catch the ball, he drops it, gets tackled, and they don't do anything. They just play on as if he had been stripped. Suddenly, they score, and the game's level at halftime. Now, imagine if this was the grand final. That absolute howler would cost the game. I mean, there's only two things that really grind my gears. The first one is bad refing like this where they don't fix it. And the second one, now I've talked about this before, is the old-fashioned penalty square up. Now, if you don't know what this is, uh, me, Squid, and our other mate Cole have talked about this a lot of times, where suddenly a team's up 6-0 in penalties, and then at the end of the game, it's 8 all. Now, how did a team suddenly, after having all that ball, become awful and have all those penalties given away? Oh, don't get me fired up again on that, boys. I can't believe the great square-up's coming. <laughs> Speaking of squares, I was actually a flag boy in under 16, so I know exactly where this guy was coming from, and it's not his um, job to actually see people drop the ball. His job's just to raise his hand, look how clean his flag is, and basically just watch the white line. It's an easy job, but someone's got to do it, you know? But speaking of things that are... Well, I don't know how you put this one. Fucked up that segue. But blood in the water, guys. Oh, it's the new section about the Sharkies. LJ, mate, are you pumped or what? What a fucking performance by the Sharks in the weekend. You can fucking hang that win on a coat hanger. Conveniently, Walsh has one courtesy of that really nice guy, Kennedy. So we'll borrow his. But to be honest, being a Sharks supporter is hard. Especially when they play the Warriors. Man, does my phone get blown up. Everybody who has a phone about, you suck. Can't believe you support them. This kind of message, which actually uh, kicks me off a little story time. 
Uh, so I was drinking at with Big Dog at the kennel, watching the Warriors versus the Sharks. We're about 10 McKenna's deep each. And then suddenly the Sharks score and start taking over the game, getting a bit of points on the board. All we hear is this door slam open and out comes Big Dog's dad, just walks in. Fuck you, Lee. Flips me <laughs> off twice. Goes to walk off, grabs another beer. Fuck you. And then walks off. This is the kind of support I have to deal with being a Sharks fan. So I'm glad you guys are here with me. Oh, absolutely. Guys, you can expect a shark attack every week. They have set the new standard for NRL. How good is this team? The biggest, baddest, best team in the league. The Cronulla Megalodons are about to take over the NRL. And apparently they have the Penrith Panthers and Melbourne Storm shaking in their little booties. Watch out, boys, because the Sharks are coming. Oh, 100%. But just to narrow out one little player, and he's only about 70 kilos dripping wet, and that is Heinz. How fucking good is Heinz? Seriously, this guy has all-star written all over him. I reckon, in all honesty... Footler needs to name him as a starter in the Blues. I'm backing him all the way. Yep, you heard it here first. Let's get him inside that Blues team and let him just dominate that Queensland side. Oh, and those locks. Jesus Christ. Oh, I reckon he must oil them up, eh, boys? Because, <laughs> fuck, they look awesome. Every He just runs out of the park, onto the park, rather. And, oh, they're just looking fantastic. Rumor has that he used um, Johnson & Johnson, baby, no more tears. He squirts it in and he leaves it in for the game, but you never see any tears. <laughs> Did you have something to say, Squid? Oh, I literally hate his haircut, eh? Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So moving on, oh, we could talk about the Sharks all day in this brand new section, but let's go to everybody's favorite section, Muppet of the Week. Muppet of the Week. Woohoo! Muppet of the Week. Now, this has become a historic 18 man tie for the first time. What a moment to be alive. Now, it really takes a team of 18 Wait, to. There were 18 Will Chambers on the field? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, they could have done better. They would have had a few more fights. But no, it is the Warriors. Now, we'll rattle off a few reasons. Here we go. Firstly, down to 12 men, and they only scored 10 points. Then the Sharks are down to 11, and they scored no points and not even a fucking line break. And then to make it worse, Siro was only activated as the 18th man because the sideline reporter came up and asked the Warriors, are you going to use your 18th man? They're like, oh, nah, nah, we not, we don't. They're like, no, no, you can actually use it. And then suddenly he's on the field. And then lastly, Walsh. God damn, he gets a special nomination. That poor effort and that last try where he suddenly fell over and he's like, oh, I've cramped up. What are you cramped up from running around 11 players? Jesus, man. Fucking hell. You have all deserved it. You're going to have a special Muppet of the Week. Now, you all need a hard look at yourselves for this. Like, how do you go 13 men against 11 men and look like you're the team under pressure? Like, they were exhausted. They're like, oh, my God, we have so much less running and tackling to do. This is so tiring. I'm not used to this. They just played like absolute sacks of shit. At least their trophy cabinet isn't empty anymore. So they can put the Muppet of the Week trophy up against the BBCC. So, fuck the Warriors. Oh, Squid, I actually grew up on a farm, and I've actually seen some pretty good headless chickens in my time. And you know what? They've formed better backlines than this Warriors side. But to single out one player, and this is after last week's audio message, and that's old Wigan. I really thought he would have stepped up and showed us what he's made of, but he was actually the complete opposite. Maybe it was the pressure of impressing the boys here at the potty, but congrats, Wade. You've actually been relegated down to the 21st best hooker in the NRL. Congrats, brother. You did it. Now, you're probably wondering why 21. Well, 
The Warriors have gone and signed Lussick from the Mighty Roosters. And what I've heard from the scouting reports, he's got one of the fastest passes in the game. Nice. We need it. Seriously, I think I've seen robots faster than Wade Egan. So, so rumor has it that this week he's actually um, going for a DPP and he needs to find another position because he's like, oh, surely I could be you know, 17th, 18th best at some other position. So he might be looking at center, wing, left, right out, who knows, but he wants to be the best and dominate that position in the NRL. You know what? The NRL is probably going to be looking for some new sideline officials too. So maybe he can be the new flag boy for the NRL. He could be the best at that. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, moving on to Wade Egan's favorite section, boys. Ladder talk. Ladder talk. Now, boys, my rabbits, oh, they've slipped and slipped and fucking slipped. And now they are sadly outside of the top eight. Now, come on, they are missing Luttrell Mitchell, but they aren't really looking like a bottom eight side. So I don't know what's going on. They're not looking like a side who can take out a title, which, to be fair, it's uh, definitely not them. But they should be fifth or sixth at this stage. I'm just not too sure what's going on, but that's probably the disappointing part. They should really still be sort of fifth or sixth on the table. What do you got, LJ? To be honest, fuck the Rabbitohs. Who gives a shit outside of the top four? <laughs> I've got my two teams there that I've been on since day one. we got the Sharks and the Cowboys both sitting at third and fourth. Like, what a time to be alive. We've got my mighty Cowboys that I've sponsored for maybe oh, two and a half weeks now. They've really grown on me. And the Sharkies, that lifelong fan. So for me, we're sitting pretty. We're the best top four teams in the comp. You just throw us in the same level as Penrith and maybe Melbourne. There we go. Um, but boys, Goliath has taken its first defeat of the season. The Warriors losing. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll leave those favorites alone. They don't win. <laughs> but the Penrith Panthers have uh, opened up the race for the minor premiership a little bit this year. So interesting. Um, you know, Penrith Melbourne was always a two-headed race, but they did have that lead, and now uh, they're back to level playing field. But... The good news from the Warriors losing like that last week is they've actually managed to climb a spot on the ladder. If it wasn't for those pesky rabbitos, they would have got away with it too. But, uh, you know, so they're sitting in 10th and oh, for somehow the dream is still alive, but it's uh, probably more of a nightmare. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. I've heard that the Warriors hopefully just can keep that 10th spot for the next five years. And if we expand the comp enough, maybe the playoffs will have top 10. <laughs> so when the Dolphins come in, then the Wellington Firebirds, then the PNG Kumals, I don't know who's coming in. But the Warriors are hoping that they can at least beat those three. The only thing about sitting in 10th is you know that those West Tigers love a good ninth finish. So they, they could make a late <laughs> run at some stage. <laughs> Who knows? I actually heard another rumor as well. And um, I hear that... The Warriors have actually opened up a strategy for teams to, when they're played against them, they'll actually start off with 12 players. So that's an interesting one. See how many teams come out and do that. But they have opened the wide up. They said that Billy Slater changed the fullback position. And now the Warriors have absolutely blown the game out of proportion and basically changed it forever. Well done, Warriors. Oh, that was, that was not a good game to watch. But uh, speaking of game to watch... This weekend, Magic Round. There are some absolute classics this weekend, and we have a 2020 Grand Final replay. It's a game of the two-horse race. It's first, first, second. Superstars across the field for both teams. In form, not to be missed. This is a game that you really want to get up for and be a drunk as fuck. There's only one game I'd like to watch more drunk as, and that would be Cowboys vs. Sharks. But for me, this game is up there. I want to see it. This is kicking off 9.40 New Zealand time. 
So that is a minimum nine beers on a Saturday. In Magic Round, you can actually add another half beer for every hour. So you could be up to, fuck if your mass is right, 15 or 18, <laughs> depending on your mass, of course. Just download the NRL back three beer calculator and we'll add it all up for you. Available now in the App Store. But for me, boys, i got to keep an eye on that Rooters-Eels game. Now, this will yet be another test for the Eels. A lot of people are saying that they are premiers. But this game here will really indicate whether they're the real deal. I've been very, very fucking surprised by the Rooters, to be honest. But um, I would have thought they were going to be up there closer to like third spot. I think they were up the top of the table in my ladder predictor at the start of the year. But I don't know what's going on with them. You can say that it's the young halves. This team is really should be dominated <laughs> by the forwards. So I'm not too sure what's going on. But let's see how this one goes. Let's see if the Eels can get up for it. LJ, what game have you got to watch? Well, there's a reason that they're not in the top four because there's no fucking room, mate. <laughs> the Sharks and Cowboys have already pitched their tents and they're there for the season. <laughs> but for me, I have the Sharks v the Raiders. Now, we lost to the Raiders in the first round in the last few minutes. He didn't really know what the Sharks team was going to be for this year. Now, this week, we don't have the coat hanger himself at the back or one of our aggressive centers. So we've decided to fuck up our halves pairing in a true Warriors style and put old Nico Hines at fullback and then bring... <sighs> we bring old Trindle onto the field. Now, this pisses me off because we have Metcalf, who's off to the Warriors next year. He is a fucking talent. He should be starting. But instead, we've put Tricky Trindle's nephew back on the field to give the Raiders a fucking chance. Oh, you don't need to worry because uh, Jared Croker's played his one and only game, so he's not there this week. Oh, yeah, what an absolute shame, eh? He gets injured in his first game back. Squid's favorite player. But back on Trindle, mate, I hear that the NRL's actually got an adopt-a-little-brother program, and that's why he's on the field this week. The Sharks are actually going to play with 12 again this week just because it works so well, but they decide if we put Trindle on there, it's like we've got 11 anyway. But speaking of little brothers, in my 1v1, I have the great, the almighty, the super coach legend, Burbo himself versus Katoni Staggs. Now, Bourbon played out of his skin in the weekend after hearing he was named in the extended Captain Talakai Supercoach team. So he put on a solid performance, which might actually get him into the 17 this week. Now, Katoni Staggs likes to do nothing all year unless there's some media around it. So he had a good matchup against Talakai, then went missing. Katoni Staggs, he likes to do F all unless he's threatened, much like an African submerged hippo. Squid, who do you have? <laughs> African submerged hippo, I like that. Um, if this section was 13 versus 13 boys, it would have to be these two squads. But we have to go with two, and I think it's going to be the two in the middle, and that's got to be Harry Balls Grant and Appy Coruscant. Game one of Origin, just around the corner. These boys will want to be playing well, get one up over the other one. You know, for a little bit of bragging rights come uh, camp week. And of course, uh, Epi's going to be the one to get the bragging rights because up the blues. Oh, 100% up the blues. And speaking of the blues, my 1v1 this week is the little man in the middle. We seem to be on the same wavelength there, Squid. And I'm going with Damian Cook versus Wade Egan. Wegan. Now, I'm hanging out to see Damien Cook absolutely clean up Wade and show him what it takes to be a top three hooker in the NRL. It's actually kind of unfair how this one's going head to head. But one of the best up against one of the not so best. That's politically correct way to put it, right? Uh, I'm guessing so. But oh, mate, Egan is about to get smoked in the middle of the field. I'm predicting like over 300 meters and 50 tackles for Cookie and maybe like 10 meters and about. 14 that's probably being a generous for old Wigan so bring it on Damien Cook teach this young fella how to play in the NRL let's go 
Oh, I'm super interested here because I actually thought you were going to talk about the magic man himself, Cody Nikarima, starting off the bench. Now, normally, if you trade a player, you might be like, well, well, he can't play against us. But the Warriors are like, you can have him, but you have to play him for the first week. So he's been named. But I feel like I'm getting a bit of insight there. You're saying Cookie's going to get 300 meters. Is he worth a pickup? Is he a super coach little hidden cash cow you got there? Maybe, maybe. Fuck it, why not? Let's go there now. Super coach corner. Cause he's a super coach, super coach. He's super coach, Cause I'm a super pumped, super pumped. I'm super pumped. Oh, boys. Managed to get back in form with a table-topping score over the weekend. And you know, it was over producer Trob as well, which makes it even sweeter. Now in this one, boys, there was actually a huge amount of games tactics being played as well. I love to see it, you know? And uh, the way it worked out was that we both had Pappy and Harry Grant on our side. I had Pappy as captain, he had Harry Grant. And I thought, you know what? I'm gonna screw this over because we only had like two players left. So I thought, I'm gonna change my captain over to Harry Grant just to fuck him up and bring it down to one player. I think there was like a hundred points difference. So there's no way that one guy was gonna come out and beat me, the champion of all champions. But right before kickoff, what does producer Trob do? With no time left to spare, he actually changed his captain over to Pappy, making things even more interesting, having two separate players as captain. Oh, and this really could have backfired in my face too. If Pappy hadn't gone off injured, I honestly think he might have got up. But thankfully, he did what happened. He busted both legs, and Harry Grant performed absolutely amazingly in that second half. So... Oh, I love to see game tactics and super coach, and I'm still winning, baby. I'm coming for that top team. LJ, how'd you go, bro? Shit, the old Freaky Friday switcheroo. Man, that gamesmanship is next level, and that's probably why I'm slipping. Because fuck, boys, I've been getting fat, and it's not from eating the winner's chicken. It's from eating all these owls week in and week out. <laughs> oh, man, I've fallen off the wagon, currently sitting on four wins and three losses. Now, that's disgusting. The boys are going to get the biggest rev up this week. Everyone has been put on notice. Everyone in my team is tradable right now. I've made that decision. So you know what the jukes? I'm fucking coming for you. Be prepared. I'm going to Melbourne you. you. You're going to have, I don't know, I might beat you by 300 points. You've heard it here first. I'm going to beat you by 300 points this week, the jukes. Ooh, big call, big call. Ooh, LJ. Hey, mate, yeah, you don't want to be having too many owls because I heard they're quite high in cholesterol, so, you know, <laughs> as little of them as possible. Uh, now to Squid Squad, and not the best performance from them this week, um, but, you know, when you have such high expectations, uh, winning by 290 just isn't enough. So I had made the, made the boys do a few extra laps this week, but I guess that's just what separates the great coaches like Craig Bellamy, Ivan Cleary, Squid Sack, <laughs> to your more mediocre coaches like... Coach and LJ. <laughs> That's just the difference. I mean, you know, uh, climbing the ladder, sitting pretty up in second, you know, getting some momentum. Like I said, I'm not too sure if I want to make many changes this week, so I don't know if I have to. You know, got a pretty stacked team with a couple hundred thousand in the bank, and I am playing the cellar dwellers in our league. And I can't remember his name because he is too far down. So we'll call him Rung One. Don't even worry about it. You know what? I love the confidence of these young rookies, but wait until Origin comes in. That's when the game really gets flicked on its head. So you little cocky bastards like Squid, Peter, Dylan, all you pieces of shit, just wait for Origin. And you know what? You're going to be rung like you've never been rung before. I'm going to rung all over you. <laughs> just like Telefry. <laughs> Telefry? 
feel like you didn't quite hear that right. It's supposed to be Talakai. Which makes me think, it must be time for Miss Heard It Her First. Now, Trob, what do you have for us today? Ooh, I see you've spun up the Manly Sea Bourbons versus the Brisbane Fowls. Now, they're not the McKenna Bourbons, so I'm not that interested. But for me, okay, Manly Sea Bourbons, Burbo's going to step up, eh? You know what? And so is Tom. And Jake's going to get it. We've given it to Trob. I'll give you it a Trob triple. They are all going to score a try. Same game multi. All the Travojevic brothers all scoring a try. For a second there, when you mentioned that... Um... The, the two turbos, and then you said that Gerbo's going to get it. I just assumed that you're talking about the syphilis that he's already got, <laughs> and the other two are going to get a try. I thought that was going to be your bold prediction. Uh, TAB haven't really added those odds in yet because it's a sure thing, um, but hopefully next week. Yeah, well, we've got this game Friday night, magic round, so we need to see some magic, and I am calling it now. I'm calling 11 tries in this game. It's going to be a high-scoring, high-flying match. Wow. Um, so I really need those uh, Turbo boys, uh, LJ, to score, if you don't mind. And hopefully that uh, Turbo can catch syphilis and a try. So uh, 11 tries or more, big scoring game. Set this magic weekend on fire and let's see it get done. All I know is Turbo is scoring this weekend and it might be on the field, but it sounds like it could be somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> now, Squid, you knocked it on the head, mate. It's magic round, and I also want to see some magic weekend. And who loves magic? Come on, guys. Raise your hand if you love magic. All of us have raised our hand. And my favorite act is the disappearing act. And in all honesty, I think Adam Reynolds is going to absolutely vanish on the field. And how am I going to make this tangible? Well, he's not getting a single try assist this weekend. He's basically going to be the invisible man. So I love magicians. I love magic. Magic. And uh, let's see it happen. That's actually commonly known as the Sean Johnson effect. <laughs> yes. The captain of all magicians. The David Copperfield of magicians. <laughs> what was it? Was it magic movie? Now you see me or something like this. Freaky Friday? <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. So Adam Reynolds and Sean Johnson are going to swap. So Sean Johnson's going to be an Adam Reynolds body and just disappear. Fuck, that sounds like a sweet movie. <laughs> <laughs> so if we do hit this Freaky Friday, that means some skills going to have to go Sean Johnson's way. And shit, that tank's on empty. So he might give himself a try assist. But when you're talking about tries, you have to go to TAB time. And this week it's on a Friday because it is magic round. So let's head on over to TAB. Okay, now boys, we are kicking magic round off with the absolute stinker of a game. (laughs) (laughs) We couldn't have planned a worse game to watch. I don't even know if we could have. Like, these two teams is disgusting. This is the battle of the spoons. This is letting the people in Brisbane drink enough so that they can come into the second game steamed. It's a really hard one to pick a first try when you think the game might be zero all. But I'm looking in Maddie Burden for the first try. However, a little side note, it won't be the first points of the game. As you know, those Knights are taking the two yet again to avoid the donuts. Well, you, you know the old adage, two on the board. <laughs> one, on the sword. <laughs> one on the sword, baby. It's just amazing how these NRL Cinderella stories come to fruition. We've got Paul Vaughan playing in Magic Round the same weekend that got him fired last year. 
and he's going to celebrate with obviously a barbecue and the first try, obviously after the Knights get the first two points, of course. Well, boys, this game is looking pretty goddamn exciting. Glad the NRL locked this one in to kick off Magic Round. Oh, I couldn't think of two better teams. But you can't look past the young fella making his debut. Gotta go with young Phoenix Crossland getting across the line for the first time this week. I'm pretty excited to see this guy go, actually. I've heard a lot of good things. Some people are saying he's the next Phil Gould. He's the Phil Gould of our generation, and I think he's just going to get across the line. Oh, it's, it's looking bloody fantastic for this young fella. He's a future immortal. I mean, what a, what, a, what a great weekend to make your debut. Magic ground, all eyes on one stadium, plenty of spectators coming through. And if you can play well in, in this... Uh... Wait, Squid, just to interrupt you there, mate. Um, no one's probably going to show up for this game, so I don't know how many people are actually going to watch him. Yeah, you're right, Coach. So actually, it's probably like a training run, and we know that all these great players train how they play, so I think you'll be in for a good show. It's a great way to take the pressure off a young man on his debut, you know. It's a big magic weekend, but you put him against the worst team in the league. He's not going to have to defend much because they'll be knocking it on. And there'll be no crowd because they'll all be at the pubs waiting for the real game later that night. This is some um, super coach masterclass coaching. Well, on that note, boys, that does bring us to the end of this week's podcast. Hanging out for Magic Round, especially that last game we just spoke about. Oh, how can you kick things off better? But don't forget, guys... Follow us on Instagram and our Facebook account. Share it around to your friends and family. Email us through on the NRLback3 at gmail.com. And we'll see you right here next week after Magic Round here at the NRL Back 3 podcast. Oh, fuck my.